0: Hey, I'm Lindsay, and I'm Kelly, and we've been friends for 15 years.
1: We're the hosts of Meet Cute and Mistletoe, a podcast dedicated to celebrating the most ridiculous aspects of today's holiday romance movies. We met while working at a
0: publishing company and became friends through our shared love of sci-fi dramas and rom-coms, especially those Christmas ones.
1: Years ago, I started hosting Christmas movie nights at my house where the festivities move from drinking games to full-on bingo, calling out the common tropes and themes of these formulaic love stories. But with this
0: year's pandemic, the holiday season looks a bit different. We might not be able to
1: meet up in person, but we can still have a good time. The Christmas party's gone digital and you're invited. So grab a warm blanket and a cup of hot cocoa. And cozy up with us while we discuss this week's Meet Cute. Hey guys, Lindsay again.
0: And I'm still Kelly. This week, we watched A Princess for Christmas, a weird fairy tale about lost loved ones, overlooked servants, and rich people who care way too much about meaningless royal titles.
1: Ah, yes, tale as old as time. It's one film and a long line of titles in the princess subgenre of these holiday rom-coms, which means this episode also comes with a special edition of Bingo. If you want to play along, just download a bingo card from our website. They're free because we love you cuties. Just be sure to select the princess edition. It's at meetcuteandmistletoe.com or follow the links on Twitter at MC Mistletoe Pod and all other social at meetcute and Mistletoe. So play along as you watch the movie on your own. We will be calling out all the tropes here as we discuss, which means, spoilers ahead, we've also reserved the center square for one of the most over-the-top moments of the film, which we will be deciding on later. But no party is complete without a special treat. So Kelly's going to start us off with a signature snack that she cooked up special for this week's movie. Kel, what did you make? Prince Ashton really loves his shrimp. So this week's
0: challenge, <laughs> I mean treat of the week, is an homage to our dashing prince who is sweet on savory seafood tarts. Yep. <laughs> I made a (laughs) shrimp quiche, y'all. Skeptical. (laughs) I was (laughs) delicious. I was too, <laughs> but I managed to impress myself and my partner with this shrimp and leek quiche recipe. Secret ingredient is lots and lots of cheese. So check out the recipe. On- thought love. <laughs> love- I thought you were gonna say love. You were gonna say love. The secret, actually, the actual, the real secret ingredient is no chemistry, um, which we will talk about <laughs> later. But. <laughs> Uh yeah. Uh, check out the res- check out the recipe on our website at, at mistletoe.com
1: Thanks, girl <laughs> So now that we've got our delicious shrimp and leek quiche <laughs> and our handy bingo cards ready, let's tell the story of a princess for Christmas. Act one, surprise, you're rich! <laughs> <laughs> Meet Jules, a down-on-her-luck on down antique saleswoman who's lost her job and gained guardianship of her niece and nephew when her sister and brother-in-law died last Christmas because, of course, they did. Maddie is an adorable six-year-old and the resident cute kid of the film. And Milo is a teenage boy, question mark, mm. with the voice of a cartoon mouse. It's worse when, than that. <laughs> 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 it's damn near unwatchable is what it is. Sorry, Milo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when a kindly butler named paisley winterbottom shows up with plane tickets and a request for the family to come visit their estranged grandfather a duke jules freaks out saying the grandfather didn't accept her sister because she didn't have a title when she married his son so they're not accepting him now but paisley lies and says the duke is sick and that convinces them to go so they all arrive for a very Downton Abbey style staff welcome, and things start off rocky and cold with the uh, Duke grandfather, to say the very least. His son Ashton, however, is much warmer, much kinder, and much more immediately taken with his long lost relatives. And their aunt, who they make sure to make perfectly clear, has no blood relation whatsoever, just in case, oh, I don't know, they like hook up or something later. They want us to know. It's not weird, guys. Don't make it weird.
0: (laughs) Not that marrying your cousin was ever a thing. (laughs)
1: Not that anyone ever thought that was a weird thing to do in royalty. (laughs) We need to take the obligatory moment of silence for the chiseled slab of Scottish marble mm. that Sam Hewin will grow into just a few years later after this movie on Outlander. But mm. unfortunately for now, he looks a little bit more like he just stepped fresh off of a ski chalet on the grounds of like an expensive boarding school for well-bred rich boys. It's not my favorite Sam Hewan. I'll go ahead and say that. <laughs> I mean, he's only
0: 30, like, he's 30 years old in this, but I mean, it's crazy that it's only 3 years when he before. was filming it. Yeah, he's 30 in this and he, it's only 3 years. I would have said like 24. Yeah, he's he's def- I thought he looks like he looks like a baby. They definitely made him look younger. Um but yeah, hot sure. damn, hot damn. Hot damn.
1: Hot I damn. Still, I still would. <laughs> Jules and Ashton meet cute in the hallway when she rounds the corner into his chest and tears Uh apart an antique wall wall sconce to catch her fall. Um, It's an interesting meet cute. She's frenzy and awkward. He's stoic and hard to read. Um, They all sit down to family dinner later that night and it's a little bit like beverly hillbilly's duke grandfather of castlebury explains that he's had a change of heart about titles and all of that nonsense but it's clear he's still stuffy and set in his ways and he's also played by 007 himself roger moore which means that literal james bond is sitting at a dinner table lamenting the barbarism of ice hockey to like mouse voiced milo it's some real cognitive dissonance (laughs) a few things we need to talk about and get out of the way okay milo's voice milo's voice it's distracting Mm -hmm. uh (sighs) do we want to talk about so the actor is
0: travis uh travis turner
1: Yeah, I feel like maybe we should just get that out in the open now because it's such an awkward thing that we had to, like, pause it at my house while watching and look this up because we were like, honestly, what is going on with this actor right now? Okay. Because it didn't feel normal or natural. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. So, his name is Travis Turner. He's a Canadian um, actor. Uh, 24 years old. 24 two 4 at, <laughs> at the time of filming and he's supposed to play this like prepubescent you know boy he's supposed to be like what 13 years old 14 13
1: 14 yeah, probably like 13 14 and 10, it, 10 to 11 years younger than what he his real age check this out check this out A his, man
0: a man so his aunt jules is 28 years old IRL oh my god four year difference four year difference at the filming of this so we have an, an I actor can't. it's not I,
1: I'm sorry guys like casting like please while we're on the topic of people's voices am I crazy or does Jules have an accent yes like so, Jules yes yeah what's going on there so she's actually uh Irish. I actually feel relieved knowing that she's from somewhere that isn't Buffalo, New York, or (laughs) somewhere in America, because I was like, I don't know what this accent is, but it's here and there and it's really distracting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, However, I mean, that said, we're definitely not just like shitting all over this movie. I had a great time watching this movie. So fun. So Ripe for all the tropes, exactly. <laughs> Especially a Christmas, the the princess genre, and so yeah, definitely excited to keep watching it. Just was like, oh my goodness, what did I just hear you say? Yeah, I'm so confused. What's happening in my double brain right take? Now. Yeah, and honestly, like everyone's accents, everyone the has staff, an accent here. Mm-hmm. The Duke, Ashton, Jules. Everyone's from everywhere and nowhere all at once here in Castlebury, just a stone's throw from (laughs) Liechtenstein. Heading into the bingo section, we've got a lot right off the bat between our regular movie tropes, holiday movie tropes, and then also sprinkling in the typical um, princess- uh, genre, you know, breakdown of this genre. So we've got a failing business right off the bat, like five minutes in, she's doing a great job and then let go immediately, (laughs) which that actor overacting too. (laughs) It was like, he thinks he's in like a real intense drama as he's firing her and letting her go. We've obviously got our resident cute kid with Maddie. Then we've got, of course, their dead loved ones with the sister and brother. I don't think the sister ever gets a name. Brother's Charles. And then it's like, and my sister. Yeah. Give her a name. Give her a name. Give her a name, (laughs) We saw her in a picture. Uh, Terminal illness that didn't actually pan out to be a real terminal illness for Duke grandfather. We've got the uptight serving staff of our typical princess tropes. We've got British accents in a fake land (laughs) and a American girl who breaks an expensive royal furnishing because no princess rom-com is complete without that true. <laughs> and last of all in this section we also had a lost in the castle running around trying to figure out where the corridor is to go down to go, go to dinner so act two guys unpack your holiday baggage Everyone's having a hard time with the holiday, reminding them of their dead loved ones, but Jules is determined to go into overdrive to deliver a fun and normal Christmas for the kids. However, Duke grandfather is adamantly against a tree, decorations, and apparently general merriment, but it's obvious that Ashton is totally here for it. It's also obvious that he loves watching Jules tell his father off and challenge his beliefs and make him squirm. He's like, just kind of like dancing eyes, smiling Mm -hmm. in the background every single time they kind of get into a -a tête-à-tête. Almost as much as he loves watching her own, his titled and entitled girlfriend, Lady Arabella, As they're playing some game of like, guess the antique designer, which is apparently a game that rich heiresses and sad girls from Buffalo play in their downtime at home. It like makes sense to me that they're setting it up like she was this child who loved antique little things like calliopes and whatever with the random, you know, narration that we get at the beginning. And it's like, okay. And then she goes into this random job where she's still living and working in her same small town that she always grew up in. She probably went and saw this antique store all the time growing up. And like, this is a weird niche hobby for her. Sure cool. But are we to believe that every other like rich or royal person that was part of their education was like, learn all of these different like antiques that you have around your house. I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny.
0: (laughs) I do like the Um, fact that she had that job though. I think that working at an antique store was dope. And the fact that she, I think it's a very non-typical you know, heroine kind of job that they gave her.
1: Uh, Non-typical and also like smart. Like you have to be smart. I love that it's this weird quirk of hers throughout the whole movie that she's into and loves antiques. Agreed. Uh, Okay. So Lady Arabella, the worst. (laughs) We also learn from her and her brother with a very different accent also between Lady Arabella and her brother Separate <laughs> at <learn> birth that <laughs> Yeah, like are they Are they step siblings? That would make a lot They more could sense. very Anyways, well we, much be, yeah, I yeah. Mean, there, There's a story yeah. there it makes a way <laughs> more sense. And just say like my, oh, she's also my half-sister. But they're like, we are brothers and sisters. Can not you not tell between our weird accents? And she's like, yes, yes. It's like, what's mm-hmm. happening right now? <laughs> Do a second take, guys. Anyways, so we learn from them that Ashton is a literal prince with a title that comes from his mysteriously absent mother's side. And all of that just has me like wanting to go reference Wikipedia to understand how royals and images work. It got like real tripped up. I was like, okay, so his mom would a princess, his dad is a duke. That makes him a prince. Also, where did the mom go? They Mm. never talk about like ashton's mom died not at all anyways so jules um, trying to make christmas be like the best ever and also completely normal and like nothing is different without the parents here she says fuck it to the grandfather being like you cannot have a tree and she and paisley and the rest of the staff help her get the kids into the local village for Christmas goods and that's where Maddie points out a bunch of orphan children caroling because apparently the land of Castleberry makes its orphans work for their charity and Milo gets into a fight with one of the boys because neither of them has been provided any therapeutic help to work through their aggression and pain (sighs) I was like, really, is this what we need to do in this uh, Christmas village, guys? Can't they just, like, buy a lollipop and call it in a day? <laughs> it just, felt just heavy. They're just trying to make him, I don't know, man.
0: Like, they're, they're trying to make Milo this Milo be the, as unlikable. As possible. I've, yeah. That's how I got, that's what, how I interpreted it. Like, he's a brat. Uh, yes. A real bratty teenager, quote unquote. It's just such an underdeveloped mm-hmm. character that it's like either you, you know, you invest in these characters who are your main characters in this film. And we're supposed to be as an audience invested in this child. We're supposed to feel sorry for these kids. They've had a really traumatic experience with losing their parents and uh, uh, we're, you know, it's Christmas time and, and, he- you know, emotions are very heavy during the holidays. Like, you know, we, we can especially agree if that. The, par- the
1: parents died at Christmas, right. Like, so- and it's a year out. I get it. I think that they just didn't know how to go tonally. yes like th- that is a heavy subject matter, right? but they're like, oh, to really do that right is a is an interesting, completely different movie to do. But then they're like, okay, but let's, let's like shoehorn this in. Jules is getting a Christmas tree. She's got Maddie involved. She's got the wait, the staff of the house involved. And um, the only one who's like not down with it, aside of course from the grandfather, is the head maid, Mrs. Birch. But she comes around to the, he- the holiday chair also pretty quickly. It's kind of this divide that the movie does, I feel like at this point, between like who is pro Christmas cheer and who is anti-Christmas cheer yeah. <laughs> And yeah, and so really the only ones anti are like Arabella the grandfather and initially Mrs. Birch but then once they kind of ask her like don't you remember your childhood and didn't you love christmas trees like she has a full on meltdown it's like it was a terrible childhood i got a lump of coal ah. and then they're just like oh how sad for you and she goes yeah Okay, well, I'm okay now. Let's put some... Like, she just stuff.
0: needed, like, five minutes of venting all that... Pens like, someone up to listen to her? Anger for several years. And now she's... Yeah, cured. because... And she,
1: and she starts off the movie before now as, like, an obviously unpleasant person. And then from that moment on, it's like, she comes to life, and she's this lovely person. So listen to people i guess is the moral of the story there ask people questions about their lives and maybe you can bring out the good in them i i I feel like that's the entire basis of why everyone likes jewels and takes to her in this movie yeah she takes time to be like oh really tell me about that and then they're like you're amazing she's a very (laughs) likable character and um you know uh
0: the character itself is likable uh how she treats the service staff, how she treats everybody around her. She's respectful for the most part.
1: Everyone at this point is having a lovely time around the Christmas tree. They're going through boxes of old ornaments and then like genuinely terrifying the old Duke grandfather, like, crankly bursts into the room, yelling at them to stop. Who, you know, who said you could do this? I hate Christmas. <laughs> but luckily, Maddie activates her cute kid overdrives and she walks over with his little ornament and, you know, softens his heart with a reminder of his sad holiday childhood, also. Um, it's like everyone is going through some therapy like role-playing therapy or something in this section of the movie (laughs) they all need to get past their uh baggage the only person now who's not filled with Christmas cheer is Milo who is still inexplicably sad because his parents died barely a year ago how dare he (laughs) Mm -hmm. um Jules feels helpless but and uh, I think it's kind of sweet how she's like i just i don't know what more to do and ashton's like i got this i'm gonna step in and he teaches milo to channel his anger through archery because apparently that's how princes deal with emotions (laughs) uh now everybody is on board for a holly jolly christmas at the end of this section of the movie um okay the height difference between Milo and Ashton—holy <laughs> height difference, Batman! It is like se- seventeen inches. Uh, so I, I looked it up.
0: <laughs> I it's was, like a
1: human size. I was difference genuinely curious. <laughs> like, I was like,
0: are they doing? I, I was genuinely curious to see if they were doing camera manipulation or if, in fact, these actors have very. Uh, dramatic, you know...
1: Height uh, differences. Height differences.
0: So, Travis... I mean, Travis, it
1: seemed like we saw some straight-on, yeah. uh, like, filming of them standing right next to each other to see the height difference. So, yeah. Travis is... Or, I'm sorry, uh, Milo is five, one, and
0: yes. uh, Prince Ashton is 6'3". So, <laughs> we've got over a foot... <laughs>
1: I feel like that's a Maddie height difference between the two of them. (laughs) Like if if Maddie (laughs) stood on Milo's shoulders, they would reach the top of Prince Ashton's head. Yes. (laughs) Okay. The other thing that I want to, that like kept swirling in my head in this section was if Ashton is a prince from his mother's side, And we have no reason to believe that his brother had different parentage than also his brother Charles was a prince, right? And then that would also make Milo and Maddie a prince and a princess too, right? Right. That's what
0: was confusing because in the beginning where when Paisley comes to the house and explains, like we learned that like uh, Charles, because Charles decided to marry a commoner. He, uh, you know... He was cut off. He was completely cut off. And he was, you know, his title, his wealth was relinquished. Um, And so that explains why the kids don't, you know, the kids don't have any title. The kids don't have any um, wealth. But the mother aspect is very confusing. Because if you have, like, does, does the Dukes, you know it's it's very confusing does the duke's title overpower the the mom's you know like it's because it's a man versus i don't a woman. know yeah i feel like a
1: princess over a duke right right
0: yeah it, it's very confusing and that's a huge plot hole that they clearly just kind of skimmed through and didn't decide
1: like you know like <sighs> yeah i feel like at least five years from now, Milo's gonna be like, wait a minute, I should be Prince well, Milo. I find it very I find it very <laughs> I'm
0: back in the family now. <laughs> hard to believe that neither of those kids were like, Oh, so wait, does that mean we're in yeah. line? Why why wouldn't they uh ah, the
1: logic there? <laughs> Yeah, like they could have just been rich people and leave it at that. But the fact that they threw in like this aside too. And it was like, well, we don't want the grandfather to be a king. Like we don't want to have to have them go through any of that stuff. But if we're going based off of Princess Diaries logic, which surely is the handbook for all royalty rom-coms, right? Then- you know, Mila, Mila, was that her name? My, what is her name? Mia, Thermopolis. Mia, Mia Thermopolis. Mia is a princess, even though her dad abdicated. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so I don't know. Food for thought. I was very confused.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would yes. like to bring up Leia, the, mommy. the drag hunt. Yeah. So we see Ashen on a horse, and him and his buddies are going to go out hunting. Jules is turned off by it because she is anti hunting. And then later, Ashen explains to her, Oh, no, we went on a drag hunt. Um, and explains to her, not kind of vaguely. We, we followed a man. <laughs> we followed a man. With dragging a scent, not so a fox. I looked up what drag hunting is. <laughs> Ooh. And it is when a group of horse riders get together with a pack of bloodhounds or trail hounds, and then a human runner legs it around the countryside for miles with a scent, which is usually a cloth dipped in the scent. Okay. Guess, guess what, guys? There are it's no the bloodhounds. There are no oh. bloodhounds. Like, no dogs in this
1: scene. Yeah, how are they doing this hunt? Who is sniffing? <laughs> Who who's the sniffer? <laughs> the sniffer. Who's I, the sniffer? I literally
0: watched it like I rewound that scene because I was like, I don't remember seeing a dog in this. You can't have a hunt without a, a hound. Like you
1: can't. Look, so they don't no- they don't have the budget for some for like bring three dogs in can't be done (laughs) all i gotta
0: say easy fix get a child actor to play an actual child and then you're gonna say a dog no and then (laughs) you get fucking dogs you get three dogs
1: in the scene get milo to play a dog
0: (laughs) i was very bothered by it i'm like "Mm, no dogs why couldn't they just have them go
1: out on a ride like why do they have to be why do they have to be hunted? It's true. Yeah, I don't know. It was clearly just so they could have a misunderstanding between them where, like, they, the plot point that they wanted to hit was, like, she thinks badly of him because he's rich and does rich royal people things like going hunting and then he's like ah uh, ah uh, uh, wait I don't like the rich royal people things either that's why I changed it to this way like it really seemed like that was the thing that they wanted in the script and then they went back and forth of like what is the thing okay we'll do a drag hunt Maybe back it maybe up. no one knew that we needed to add dogs to this. Back it up.
0: That's it. Back, back. You're back gonna you're gonna talk this game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you better follow Hire a damn dog. I want to see the dogs. I want a cute dog. I want a, a cute pet.
0: I want to see a cute dog. I want a cute Missed pet. Opportunities. All I gotta say on
1: this bingo card alas no cute pets in that's this movie. all <laughs> <laughs> no cute pets but we did have a tragic backstory we had multiple tragic backstories this whole section could have been titled tragic backstories for all like obviously grandfather gets into his weird childhood memory about his brother and the ornaments like how do we humanize Roger Moore (laughs) uh Mrs. Birch with her I got a lump of coal and now I'm fine really I swear I'm fine guys total uh mood shifts like a minute (laughs) I'm not affected at all no um (laughs) I mean it kind of felt like a tragic backstory seeing like all these uh sad orphan kids but Speaking of the sad orphan kids, they are the carol singers we get in our uh, trope-filled bingo section. Then we move on to Christmas tree decorating together. And to sprinkle in some of the typical princess tropes, we get an idyllic Christmas village, a literal prince on a horse, (laughs) many accents happening in one family and a failed sporting attempt with the uh, initial archery tries from Milo before he finally learns to harness his chi and (laughs) send his anger soaring through (laughs) the arrow.
0: (laughs) Would you say that uh ashton is kind of a wise sage Ooh. i think there were a couple of moments where he and milo bonded like yeah. when he went to the office and offered some advice and and the whole him with the archery thing like channeling his anger i don't know i i kind of felt i like that, it that that I, he yes had
1: I did have really good that advice. kind of yeah, it definitely had that tropey feel to it. I'm, your, I'm the wide sage here imparting some advice. Okay, so now we've hit act three, a quandary about the canopies, as Ashton calls it. <laughs> Grandfather Duke wakes up on the right side of the bed for like the first time maybe ever and decides to throw a Christmas Eve ball, and everyone's invited. Well, hopefully not everyone. Ashton's free to invite whoever, but the Duke would really rather not include someone named Bunny McCracken, who he says is obscenely crass, a potential embarrassment, and yes, (gasps) untitled. Too bad Jules overhears and assumes they're talking about her and just as she was starting to feel something for Ashton too, who has been teaching her waltzing lessons for the ball while Milo and Maddie learned guitar and ballet. We're treated to a rock rendition of the Nutcracker's Waltz of the Flowers as Jules ruffles Ashton's hair and tell hims. Tells him to, you know, loosen up. And that's right. We have an official dance number. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as Jules and Ashton, quote unquote, get funky, as he says, in the most awkward dance montage I have or will ever see. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> praise the Lord, though. Oh, what were you going to say? Nope, just, it's <laughs> really It's really bad. It's, really it's bad. So, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> praise the lord that snobby arabella waltzes in to ruin their ooh ghetto dance as she calls it and makes all the bad things stop on the screen ashton <sighs> forgot lunch at the club with her parents which is hashtag rich people problems if ever i've heard a sentence <gasps> she's pissed the duke is worried and you know he doesn't want to r- upset the the rich titled families after all Arabella reminds Ashton that Jules and the kids will be leaving for bus- Buffalo again soon so don't get too attached now then she picks the worst sounding food ever <laughs> salmon moose <laughs> for the party uh. so if we weren't sure before, now we know that she is the worst human being alive. And Ashton seems disgusted too, or apprehensive or constipated. I'm not really sure what the emotion is that's happening in the moment where it's like, what do we do for the canapes? He's just kind of frozen in indecision and okay. I think the party canapes just became a metaphor for the dilemma between Jules and Arabella. What to choose? What to choose? So he goes knocking on Jules' door where he's interrupting her sad solo crying about not being wanted at the mall. Uh... (laughs) Didn't find the the crying believable? Yeah, me neither. (laughs) And he poses the canapé dilemma to her, where she suggests, hey, why don't you choose what you like? Which is like this (laughs) shocking revelation of an idea to him. (laughs) And so he's like, yeah, well, I want to get the shrimp quiche. And um, he asks if she likes shrimp, too. And she says, yes, she does. And again, guys... I think we're talking about more than quiche here. Like, hitting us over the head with it. I was today
0: years old when I learned that do you like shrimp was a pickup line.
1: (laughs) Do you like shrimp? Well, when it's posed from Sam Hewan in his British slash... Scottish seeping in there every once in a while, accent. Yes, anything could be a pickup line coming yeah. out of that mouth. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> I'd be like, yes, I like whatever it is you just asked yeah. me about. <laughs> That's exactly why I made the shrimp quiche instead of the
0: salmon mousse. Sam, if you're listening,
1: I choose you. <laughs> we like shrimp too. Everything else I want to talk about in this section all revolves around the dance. (laughs) The dancing scene. Oh my God. Um okay, so the rap song. I like to watch movies and TV shows with the words, the closed captioning on. Yeah. And so um I don't know if you notice. I was like taken with the l- lyrics that were happening in the rap songs <laughs> they chose. I was dying. I was like, I actually need this song in my life.
0: <laughs> Just jiggle some more. This is like music that Jules listens to on
1: her iPod. <laughs> when she's attending, what was it? Jamtastic. Jamnastic. <laughs> Jamnastics uh, at uh, the YMCA. <laughs> god and she I, uh the dancing,
0: the dancing the dancing is so
1: bad sam hewan's like white boy underbite and like surf hands and like knee slide up to jules's body those dance moves like this is what he's going with you're better than this outlander we're yeah. all better than this nodding and <laughs> it was painful.
0: Nodding in disagreement, <laughs> it's
1: come on, dude. And he puts
0: like the. It, it's a very like cornholio kind of like they look.
1: They look like Beavis and ButtHead. <laughs> like, Such it's, a weird moment. It's so awkward. Seriously, thank God, Larry Lady Arabella showed up. Yeah. Um. Anything else? For this I do just really quickly.
0: Uh. Yeah. I don't know if you through. realized in this scene and where. Milo's getting his guitar lessons uh, while Maddie's getting her ballet lessons, and uh, yeah. Jules and Ashton are getting funky. Um, Milo is wearing a T-shirt that says "Die oh, Yuppie,
1: Die scum. Yuppie Scum." I did notice what <laughs> in the actual fuck. I mean, who bought him that shirt, right? Obviously, it's supposed to be like, I'm angry at the world, but dude, you are sitting in the middle of, what, what is the next tier up from Yuppie Scum? Because you're sitting in their house yeah. right now. You're playing, oh. you're learning guitar <laughs> Like the next step up from Yuppie Scum. Ugh it's incredibly, incredibly jarring. I did notice that. (laughs) Thank you for bringing it up. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Okay. So if you're playing along on bingo... You get to cross off in this section. We've got a Christmas hater discovers Christmas magic with the Duke grandfather and honestly also Mrs. Birch. Yeah. Um, No chemistry between lead actors. I feel like by this far into the movie, we can solidly establish like they're having their let's get close hand in hand dance, like we should be having some sort of emotional connection to them right now in some sort of way or, or, or at the very least root for them. I'm like getting nothing, nada, nothing. (laughs) Obviously we have our dance number and, and like thank you movie gods for this dance (laughs) section. (laughs) lady Arabella walks in and the love triangle love triangle definitely gets complicated and she rounds it out with the jealous royal significant other at this point it's very obvious she's like well what is she doing here and you know how why are you two dancing together and you know Jules is gonna have to leave with the kids so yeah all right, act four. You ready for this? Keep the ball rolling. Because we're having a ball. <laughs> Christmas we are ball. having a ball. <laughs> Christmas ball. The big day is off to a rocky start. The maids have ruined Jules' sad beige dress, but they promise to fix it somehow. Um, but Jules basically just like awkwardly bails on the festivities altogether. Is like oh well, probably wasn't meant to be anyways. It's fine. I'm just gonna sit this one out. Which <laughs> saying that the the way that the the weights the the I keep calling them the wait them the weights staff. The staff gets. They, f- they obviously feel so bad, especially when she's saying like, oh, I just want to attend. Like they're like, oh my God, we made it so she won't attend. And then she's like, that's okay. I don't want to. And then it's obvious that they would love to be like attending this ball. I was just like, read the room, Jules. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But she secretly takes off for the airport instead of just sitting back in the room, promising to the kids that she'll have a special... Second celebration of Christmas at home when they get back. Um, luckily, the sweet staff notice that she has taken off, and they rush after her and reveal to her when they've picked her up from the airport that they are all—they have all pitched in to rush purchase and fly in a ball gown delivery from Vienna and I was like this is so cute that was I honestly was like they're so sweet yeah I know (laughs) and I liked their interaction in the um the cab or you know their hired car I just was like okay I want to watch a whole movie just about the the staff at this house way more so than I care about any of these other people in it um so back at the ball Ashton and Duke grandfather are starting to wonder where Jules is the kids are kind of like oh I don't know she'll be back she said don't say anything kind of just like blowing it off um Arabella shows up instead so Ashton promptly breaks up with her like the second she walks in the room he's Gosh. like I've been trying to call you where have you been let's go to the other room I'm gonna break your heart great <laughs> now ready for the ball um she they're like having this conversation about are we went for each other or not and she flat out says that she would never give him the time of day without a tile. and all I can think Kept, kept thinking watching this movie was like oh my god I cannot believe that these are rich people problems like these are such made up problems and yeah. maybe it's terrible of me but watching that and thinking this I'm just like it's nice to know that even Buckingham Palace with all of their royal problems and non-problems still have to worry about COVID like the rest of us it's just yeah like an equalizer titles or no titles (laughs) it kind of reminds me that there are still things that matter in the world beyond you know are you a lord a lady a prince or just plain jewels from buffalo who finally shows up and and it's kind of from everyone there in the audience or uh, all the guests there they're kind of like a mix of va va and buffalo who <laughs> and uh jules and ashton are immediately like oh wow hi hey and but they finally have a chance to clear the air about you know the crass person was bunny mccracken no one was talking bad about Jules they actually love her hold her in high regard and so they go and waltz their hearts out as the crowd looks on in horror basically especially Arabella's parents who are determined to give Duke grandfather and Prince Ashton a piece of their mind. Ashton and Jules have like slunk out of the room to declare love for each other and basically start making out in uh, front of a snowblower. Yeah. Like it's, the snow's distracting. Because um, there's, no there's no heat. There's no heat. There's <laughs> <laughs> no heat. <laughs> 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 really... Yes, thank you. There we go. Um, but they turn to hear the Duke grandfather standing up for jewels and the quote unquote the great unwashed <laughs> As Arabella's mother has called them, which is basically AKA Jewel's sister and the kids. (laughs) It was just like, that is the most amazing bird. (laughs) Arabella makes a declaration of her own though and she's like jules is only after their money and she's a terrible mom and she lost her job like she obviously has this whole big you know maniacal thing going on in behind the scenes and it's not about you at all (laughs) whereas i am clearly here for your title it's all about you (laughs) jules (sighs) sticks up for herself and the kids which i love um And then Ashton and the Duke too, which is really sweet. The Duke is even like, "So what if Jules is a bad mother? I've been a lousy father." And I was like, "Yes, this is the kind of like self reflection we need. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It level things out, even the playing field. We're all just humans." Um. Okay, so Lady Arabella literally says, "Well, I never," and. (laughs) I'm starting to wonder, like, should that be a space on the bingo cards, yeah. too? <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be more of like, that. has anyone in the history of ever, ever actually said, well, I never. I'm going to start <laughs> saying in movies in, in my <laughs> everyday life. Yeah. Uh, and I'll be saying The Great Unwashed <laughs> from now on, <laughs> which, you know, like, would be a great band name. Opening at Coachella if we ever have Coachella again (laughs) um so Arabella storms out with her parents and all the other rich people like kind of immediately shrug and move on so yay I guess that means the great unwashed have been accepted weird (laughs) weird weird (laughs) Um, Duke Ashton, or sorry, Duke Grandfather and Ashton have probably like their first ever father-son hug. <laughs> it's like sweet and awkward and sad all at the same time. And the his dad tells him not to let Jules get away, but don't worry, he's not. And he's like, hey, Jules, let's extend your trip. <laughs> um, on the greatest note the Duke also turns and asks Paisley for the receipt for Jules's dress to reimburse the staff. And I personally felt a little relieved by that because I was like, oh my God, like, so these people don't, they don't get to attend the ball. They have to serve the people at the ball. And now they're buying the clothing for the people at the ball. Like, come on. (laughs) So now I feel like we can have a Merry Christmas, everyone.
0: (laughs) That was such a sweet scene. I mean, like the whole, the the duke really turned it up he just completely changed in a matter of 90 minutes but that was a very
1: very sweet uh, sentiment okay another part that i loved the butler and his under butler like humming christmas together christmas carols together i loved it uh, <laughs> it was legit my favorite part love favorite part of the movie
0: vibes uh, yes, so, and I, I was like, is that the guy from Love action It didn't feel and like I it was the
1: it same because it was like two guys, yeah. or three
0: guys. I looked yeah. it up and I was like, oh, that would have been
1: so cool, but it wasn't. It was a great scene. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a great scene. Honestly, just like a whole movie of just the wait, the, the why do I keep the calling the wait staff? staff yeah. of the staff, the service staff. Yeah, I would be here for it. I, I thought mean, they mrs birch was over the top and then really all over the place with her like i'm fine i'm not i'm I'm not seen and then but then from there on she was lovely too and then i just loved all of the all of the staff Mm -hmm. um the dress her dress Mm. was that a was that a good dress Mm. no that they flew in from vienna i i mean i
0: i feel bad for for clowning on this dress because we're supposed to believe that they put they pulled their money together to get this like amazing dress
1: uh but uh, it's it it was definitely a sign of its time but also everyone's dresses in that scene I legitimately wondered if everyone had to supply their own dress that's that's <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what
0: it was. I think it was B-Y-O-D. Bring your own (laughs) dress to the filming of this scene. I mean, let's just break it down here. Okay, so this is Jules's moment. This is her Cinderella moment. She's walking down these, you know, the flight of stairs and everyone's watching her and she's supposed to, you know, she's garnering everyone's attention. I find it very hard to believe. I mean, she's a beautiful woman, you know, but it's like one of those things to where the dress doesn't live up to the- The big reveal. The, the big reveal. It's, it, it, it falls flat. I mean, if she was walking down the red carpet and we were, you know, working for E! News, she would be on the worst list. Like she would be yeah. on the worst dress list um
1: So would she be right next to Lady Arabella? Arabella's, Arabella's though, dress because
0: that looked like a prom that thing dress was... from 1999.
1: <laughs> and I want to know, like, was that her own dress? Where did they did they get these dresses secondhand? What happened? um Prince Ashton, <laughs> he needs to stop saying funky. <laughs> He needs a new word in his vocabulary. His, like, favorite thing about her is that she's funky. (laughs) It also feels like they have very few scenes together in this movie. Like, quite frankly, they have more scenes with other people than with each other and maybe that's because they were like oh they don't have that great of like on-screen chemistry together but i feel like it's more like that's just how this movie was written but then if you're gonna have that you gotta really make like it you know punch it on the scenes that you do have together right we're you know we're getting close toward the end so this section of the movie we've seen a charitable act from the staff pooling together to get the dress for jewels we've got a royal ball like all good princess movies have we've got a holiday breakup a pretty pretty harsh clean heart Oh, breakup between them, yeah. between Arabella and Ashton. Uh, we've got the royal who longs for a normal life with Ashton, which, quite frankly, might be all that he's feeling in yeah. in in his heart at all. We have a declaration of love from him um and then we also have a we we top it off with a cherry on top with the public outing from arabella she's saying you know jules did this and maddie ate that and <laughs> milo stole that and it's like okay nobody cares move on lady um so which which rolls us right into the final act of the movie which is wrapping us up in a big christmas bow the clock strikes midnight and it's officially christmas the family walks in on santa leaving presents under the tree but there's a fire in the fireplace so how will he leave? <laughs> He's literally trapped. <laughs> and how did, did he get Maddie in? just receive, yeah, how did he get in? How's he, where's he going? Did Maddie just receive her very own personal Santa this year? <laughs> Uh, They top it off with some really fake fireworks, which seemed Mm. completely unnecessary. And instead of putting your budget into making some fireworks happen on our screen, how about you put that into getting some dogs and making your hunt (laughs) realistic thank you um (laughs) we cut to like maybe a few months later it looks like springtime maddie is still wrapped up in a fur coat of sorts and prince ashton and jules are getting married which makes her a princess for right after christmas a Princess for next Christmas. I think we have a sequel here <laughs> if we want to write it. I don't know that she's a Chris a princess for Christmas, but mm. it could be for next year. Um so they end it on a note where Jules jokes that they sound like they're in line for a throne with their Prince Ashton and Princess Jules, and Ashton says that they are. And so that like left me on a mental note where I was like, okay, so are they in line for a throne in England? Are they in line for a throne in Castlebury? If they're not the rulers of Castlebury, who is? Were they at the ball? Will the crown fall to Milo first considering he's the eldest son's son? Isn't that like how Prince William's kids are all in line now before Harry? Like I'm certain I'm way too in the weeds. But the very ending of this movie just became, like, we should be titling it A Royal Stealing of the Potential Throne from the Great Unwashed. Yeah. I was just very confused with them throwing that out there right then. Plot hole.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like driving in the rain. And then, and, and, oh, there's a plot hole. Oops uh yeah i just want to mention the wedding attire (laughs) again
1: like across Um, the board for everyone (laughs) no
0: just uh you know like prince ashton's wearing his like you know that typical prince charming costume and then jules's wedding gown again Un- completely underwhelmed by the costume Absolutely. choices Absolutely. for her um, that dress is completely off the rack it's like an off the rack wedding gown and she's wearing these white gloves these white elbow length gloves that don't even match the dress the um, dress
1: is the a dress hotness. is
0: the dress is cream colored and the gloves are white it's
1: <sighs> come on man was this BYO wedding dress it's for the scene? <laughs> so
0: underwhelming. Why I mean, I don't know what the, the budget was. I couldn't find that information, but maybe mm. curious I just think like if someone who's someone who is in line to the throne, like Ashton is a prince and he is in line to be the king, don't you think he would have been able to buy her a better dress or they could have gone. I mean, there's like
1: nine people at their wedding. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, it was, it was obvious. Like, I don't think we needed, we did not need, we could have had a proposal and have it just yeah. end with a proposal totally. rather than having it end with like a full on like, and then we all got married, like yeah. literally two days later, it was super unnecessary. I mean, it it helped give us another bingo square. But it was like, what? In fact, we don't even see a proposal. For a movie that has a lot of conversation about him proposing to someone, he proposes to zero people in this movie. (laughs) So the bingo that finishes us off in this movie, we this last portion of the movie, we've got a Santa suit. Finally, Santa shows up. He knows where they live, even in Castlebury, He's able to find them. Someone le- learns the a lesson a hardcore. I'm pretty sure we've get that with a grandfather here, and he has a line that I uh, that he that kind of sums up his his lesson that he's learned, where he says we shouldn't be lamenting what we've lost, but celebrating what we've found, all wrapped up in a bow. Uh, we get a wedding and then of course because just about every one of these movies has to find a way for the best friend to find love too it's not enough for just the leads someone else there has to be another couple ending as well we've got paisley and mrs birch Because when you're super rich or busy caring for orphans, the butler and the maid are your only friends. So they uh, seem to have found love with each other and obviously look adorable together. Uh, For the center square, we've been waiting, you know, check out see what could only be specific to this one movie that would never have occurred in another one um, what is your center square pick for this movie
0: uh ashton's constant need to use alliteration is that... <laughs> examples please <laughs> we don't have hot wings and hockey but we do have crumpets and cricket
1: great delivery uh,
0: <laughs> we don't even need a
1: second take <laughs>
0: the canopy quandary it, yes. there's a lot it's very kooky you know the the lines that they give him
1: yeah I mean, he's like just, telling riddles or something it's somehow service yeah. to
0: sam Hewen, really because yeah, we know that sure. that guy can act and these are the lines they give they give him
1: this is what he's been handed uh well my favorite moment was him also and you kind of alluded to it earlier um the the idea that he's like okay in this scene uh where i'm dancing with jewels i've really got to cut loose as prince ashton and so what he decides and is like the ultimate Prince Ashton cutting loose is pulling his cardigan over his head while he's dancing. I was like, has anyone ever done this dance move? What is this? It was, it really gave me the vibes of Jeb Bush trying to put on a hoodie. I don't know if you remember that. Go Google that to uh yeah you you do it um but I was like what why why is this happening right now like the the dancing just got worse and worse and worse throughout that scene and that was like the cherry on top (laughs) well
0: I got excited a little bit because he he was like like unfurled his shirt and yeah. i was yeah. like oh, I was are cool. we gonna get a shirtless hobby? are we gonna and you see a peak a peak of the six pack it's very very quick peak. just you know did a like a freeze frame of it you only see a little a little teaser but i was really excited I was like oh yeah he's gonna get down and then nope nope, nope. just gonna put the
1: good old cardigan <laughs> over the head <laughs> that old move <laughs> <laughs> here you're thinking he's gonna take clothing off and he puts more clothing (laughs) (laughs) you're like take it off and he's like cover it up (laughs) be like a whole new version of magic mike (laughs) oh there (laughs) there you go hollywood
0: i just can't get over the fact that that's outlander you know and and like okay him
1: that's why like, I had to go I had to go watch we had, I had to yeah, go watch because
0: like the heat he knows how to bring the heat he also knows how to
1: deliver subtlety yes I wouldn't be surprised if they had filmed this and then it took like five years for them to release it or something like it was sat on for a long time or something like it just I don't believe that he was 30 when they no made it, this was, movie. it was it was
0: i yeah no it was filmed in 20 in february and march of 2011 and it came out in december of 2011 i checked because i
1: was curious no excuses <laughs> no excuses milo was legitimately 24 mm. <laughs> okay I'm real curious at this point for some more info that you've learned about it. So can we get the reality check? Oh, yeah. It's movie trivia here. I have some
0: fun stuff for you. Okay. The writer, director is also on the soundtrack of this. No. And is also an actor
1: no. in this.
0: Michael no. Damien Damian plays the antique... Uh, story <gasps> guy. oh my god that makes so
1: much sense
0: yeah a little different oh. cameo there for you uh yeah so he's he's uh the quadruple threat uh in this
1: film <laughs> did he talk them into casting him or were they like we need someone you'll be perfect for it i mm. must know Wow. Uh, another fun wow. fact. Yeah, right? Now, now- I'm not
0: over that one. I'm not over like that, that one. I'll I need a to second. see big more. I'll give you a second to to
1: pause and reflect. <laughs> because like, okay, he, he really does such big swings where he's like, you're the best sales girl we've ever had. Like, I would love to keep you on. I may have to close this shop down altogether. And I was like, why is he- delivering drama like this movie is a drama and then the fact that he's the director who's like in charge of piecing all the things together and maintaining a tone I have so many more questions (laughs) okay I'm past it (laughs) are you ready for more (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) so Michael Damian has also been credited as the performer of the theme song of the Saved by the Bell. What?
1: (laughs) What? Mic drop. (laughs) Head exploding. Yeah.
0: Another thing I found very fascinating, Castlebury is actually a real country.
1: What? Stop it. It's is a, it right next to Liechtenstein? A, a, sto-
0: a stone's throw from
1: Liechtenstein?
0: No, it's a principality located just north of Genovia.
1: <laughs> Genovia is not real. <laughs> Wait, I do love the idea that it's like <laughs> within the same universe, like cinematic universe, as Princess Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> um, to make it very
0: clear, Castleberry is not a real place. <laughs> it's just so <It's> amazing. <laughs> I just thought there was such a parallel between this and, and <laughs> the Princess Diaries.
1: Uh, it was, it was oh some low-hanging God. fruit
0: that I, had <laughs> but to I do like
1: absolutely <laughs> <laughs> grabbed and <laughs> ate it all up. It was so delicious. Cal, <laughs> would you recommend this movie?
0: Um, no.
1: Neither would I.
0: <laughs> sorry, neither I'm would sorry. I.
1: I feel I, like, bad. Just skip it and go straight to Outlander. Yeah. And skip this princess Christmas movie and go straight to all the eight thousand other Christmas. Watch Princess Diaries. I can't believe he got me with that. (laughs) (laughs) Such a dumb dumb. (laughs) All right. Well guys, that's our show. <laughs> we may not enjoy the movies all the time but we always enjoy discussing the movies yes. <laughs> devouring the movies as best oh, as yeah. we can we hope that you enjoyed this episode of meet cute and mistletoe and we hope that you enjoyed in whatever way eviscerating or just watching a princess for christmas
0: Subscribe to Meet Cute and Mistletoe wherever you get your podcasts. Write a review, share with your friends. Check out our website at meetcuteandmistletoe.com to get the episode recipes and more. And connect with us on social at MCMistletoePod on Twitter and Meet Cute and Mistletoe on all other platforms.
1: Meet Cute and Mistletoe is produced by Kelly Ray and Lindsay Hathaway. Music and audio by Grendel. Artwork by Renee Granillo.